On this episode of Movies Ruined My Life, two grown men talk about dinosaurs for 130 minutes. That's right, it's Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park. Good to go. Right, yeah, yeah. No, no, that's fine. Are you? Well, now we gotta wait a second because we <laughs> gotta cut that out. Yeah. You start laughing, you know, and then like uh, game shows do. Oh. <laughs> yeah. All right. So Jurassic Park. It's. Uh, it's a movie. It's a movie about dinosaurs. Uh, what more is there to say? <laughs> All right. <laughs> Show's over. Have a good night. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so I, I was actually really interested in talking about Jurassic Park because it's a, it's a movie that changed my life, for sure. It, it, you know. Taught you how to love a dinosaur again. Taught me how to love a dinosaur again. <laughs> Absolutely. You, you've read the Michael Crichton novel. Yeah. I've not. Yeah. Um. It's actually over there. I should borrow it from you. Um, yeah, it, I don't think that we we understood how important it was when it you know when the first Jurassic Park movie came out. So this movie opens up to that amazing uh, scene with the raptor cage and all of the the guys. Uh, are they transporting the raptors? Yeah. Why am I asking you? I just saw this yesterday. Yeah, I rewatched it yeah. yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and um you know the one guy gets sucked in and you get that line shoot her. <laughs> you know, which is funny because we were talking about this before we started recording which was the um that Muldoon's character um his first two lines are shoot her and they should kill them all. And it's so funny because he's kind of the he becomes the moral compass of of the movie in a lot of ways and it is really really sad to see him die in the movie um which i thought was really interesting because you were saying or you weren't certain but i looked it up afterwards and he definitely does not die in in the book yeah yeah 100 percent doesn't die. he uses a rocket launcher in the book that's awesome at some point yeah yeah good fact why know. why did you cut that out <laughs> david kep asshole <laughs> yeah and that's something else too um michael Crichton did actually write uh, he's credited as a screenplay writer, but he and he wrote the first uh, draft, I think, by himself, if I remember correctly. But he um, he kind of went super violent and super dark with it, and uh, and David Kep kind of took a lot of that out in in the the later writing process. And it's funny because he, the first two movies, the two movies that David Kep is is part of the screenwriting. Uh, process they have a certain heartbeat that's um, that disappears from the series after that mm-hmm. and you were just talking about the Rotten Tomato score being similar to, on uh, on 2 and 3 and I, I think that's uh, it's ridiculous it's a travesty but we'll get into it mm-hmm. <clears throat> we'll talk more about that I mean let's let, I mean let's let's keep on the first movie let's, yeah, let's yeah, yeah. really go in order here so the yeah the first movie um uh, what year did it come out? It was 93, 
93. It's yeah. actually on the shelf behind you if you want to take a look at it. Came out in 93, yeah. Um, but, um... And if that's not the case, we will edit it out <laughs> and re-record it with the actual, the actual date when we go to break. It was. It was, yeah. And continue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so it, you know, opens up on the uh, they're transporting the Raptors, which I mean, spoiler alert for number two, because like you know, why are you shipping them in? Mm-hmm. Like obviously, there's there's a second island, right? Yeah, although that's kind of a uh, that that isn't the case, as you see later, because you see BD Wong's character. Um, they're the they're batch. looking at the Raptor eggs, yeah, batching. Yeah, that's, that's just all for show, though. He's just. Or that's what's implied. I, they they explain it in the second movie, I think, at some point. But yeah, but I still feel like that's uh, <clears throat> that's just a a bad situation of retconning. Yeah. But in any case, um, the other thing I I, I wrote down I I don't that's the second scene when the lawyer goes in. I I know that it's completely serving as a setup, and and uh, they're digging, and he's talking to uh, the diggers and talking about uh, that he's already gotten. Ian Malcolm and that uh, the investors are losing hope and so they're going to go and get Alan Grant to do this uh, kind of review of the the park. Mm-hmm. Um, and that line, uh, the when he holds up the the mosquito and the that's been crystallized and, mm-hmm. and says uh, he's a digger, referring to Alan Grant. Right up to that point, I feel like the movie. Didn't need that scene at all. That was the only purpose it was serving is to show that they were collecting people. And I would have gotten that yeah. from as soon as they got on the helicopter and, oh, there's another dude here. I didn't even like remember that scene until you mentioned it. That's yeah. amazing how insignificant it is. Unimportant. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and Spielberg doesn't make a lot of missteps. It, it doesn't happen. And I just I found that scene so weird because, um, it it it's just seemed very out of place and redundant mm-hmm. as the movie progressed. Yeah. Um. And then it cuts to the scene where Hammond is going in, uh, to and they drop the, the helicopter down. Mm-hmm. But first, I want to talk about that the kid, the fat kid. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the dunk, fat kid. Get dunked on. Yeah. <laughs> Gets scienced the hell out of. Yeah. Um, it's funny. Uh, the, the the what does he say? It just looks like a, an over overgrown turkey. Big turkey. Yeah, and uh, and 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 then you see the disdain that that Doctor Grant has for children, and you can see already the um, the seeds being planted for the character arc of Alan Grant, where he you know will will be kind of a paternal figure to the the children as the story progresses to Tim and Lex. Yeah. Um but to go back and and that's great. And when he pulls out the the raptor claw, yeah. It's so good. It's it it holds up perfectly to this day and it's a great great um not as precursor. Good as, not as good as the director's cut where he slashes his stomach open. <laughs> <laughs> Peace on his innards. Yeah, just to <laughs> just... give a more accurate example yeah. of of what would, what would happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you're not afraid of raptors, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was. Uh, I just, you know, it's just a a better cut. <laughs> it's, uh, but yeah, I mean, I mean, like 
But I don't I don't think that's necessarily fair because like who doesn't hate, you know, smarmy little fat kids? Like Well that's the whole point. He doesn't it's hate kids. Crime. He just hates, you know, shitty kids. He just yeah. hates hates terrible kids that nobody would like. So. Yeah, if you were a kid that behaved yourself, yeah. I'm sure that um that Alan Grant would be your fan. Yeah. Or at very least your friend. That's kind of a that's kind of a um uh, like a cruddy setup, uh, don't you think? As well to well, make to make Alan Grant the the uh, the protagonist, like off the bat, to 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 kind of bring the the audience onto his side, like before anything has happened. Like, here's a shitty fat kid that's talking shit. Mm. <laughs> let's let's school him together, guys. Let's <laughs> like it, it, I don't know. It seems like kind of a funny audience rally moment that 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 I don't know. I. I think without that element, you might not have had a, a enough of a character development in in the um, in the Doctor Grant character because you you he makes the decision pretty quickly, which we I don't want to skip ahead too much, but he makes the decision pretty quickly that he agrees with Ellie and Ian Malcolm, who's obviously on the very hard side of things, that this probably isn't yeah. the best idea. But I I don't know. I mean, I think I think. Like it would, I for me, it would have been nice to see that scene and just see him like, just see this kid school him, just see this kid, just like, you know, him being like, aren't, aren't you scared of raptors and doing the whole claw thing, and the kid be like, no, they're yeah. dead, like who cares, yeah, like, exactly, you old man, and just really like, you know, have have him get real frustrated, so and have him passionate lose the about war. dinosaurs, but be like, oh, I I do suck, you know. I'm I'm kind of a boring scientist. That I see. Up bones, you know? So again, and then not have I, Tim and Lex <clears throat> follow him and want his attention. But oh well, no, they it. they could still. But I mean, I think there is kind of like an underlying, um, you know, you're not necessary anymore. Kind of a, a sense to a lot of the other scenes in the movie. Mm-hmm. But you know, because obviously now that we have dinosaurs, there's that that um, they bring it up. I think quietly, like two or three times in the movie that it's like you're out of a job, like. Yeah, sorry. They're looking at their bones, like, you know. We got real dinosaurs yeah. over here. <laughs> you don't need their bones anymore. Um, so, yeah. Hammond shows up, and he open, He shows up, and, and he opens up their, their champagne bottle, and there's that whole exchange of, uh, you know, hey, we were saving this, and who are you? And he realizes it's, it's Hammond. But that line, he says, it's good to see that my $50,000 a year grant... <laughs> is going to good use <laughs> and at that moment uh alan immediately his demeanor changes and is like oh no i can't lose this fifty thousand dollars <laughs> which even in 93 they had a 20 person team yeah on this archaeological dig something tells me fifty thousand dollars isn't getting very far they're shooting uh um, die into the ground? Are they not at the beginning? That's what the computer scene is. Uh, well, it's, is it? I think it's just like um, it's it's like a little uh, emitter. Like oh yes, sound yes, emitter thing. That yes, like it was. Out, it was uh, uh, like a sonar yeah, type situation. Yeah, yes, yeah. I remember now. Because <clears throat> there's that whole thing about uh, you won't have to dig anymore, and then Alan reaffirms that he's the digger line from earlier, where he, he says, "Well, what's the fun in that?" Or where's the fun in that? Um, 
but yeah, so he, he's getting $50,000 a year from this guy. So he goes uh, quiet and listens to his proposal and whatnot and agrees to do it. And I, I don't really think we need to touch on that scene anymore. Let's move along. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I'd like to point out again that the director's cut where, where um, he, uh, he just comes through, drinks their champagne, and when they ask who he is, he just smashes the bottle on the counter and gets the fuck out of there, <laughs> recruits yeah. some other paleontologists. That was a good... I was a little bit, yeah, a little bit stronger. And then it was just so weird when they showed up on the helicopter in that version. <laughs> who the fuck are you guys? Oh, you're those guys whose shit I drank. Yeah, getting the fuck out of here. Yeah. I am rich. <laughs> Fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, it's chum change to me. I'm a billionaire. Um. So yeah, so moving on. Oh, no, I wanted to mention something about that scene, actually, now that I think about it. Mm -hmm. He has another line where he goes, uh, he talks about the land that he bought and how he's leasing it from the the Costa Rican government and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And it makes the... the the park he has or the land he has down in Kenya, the meaning the island that he has in Kenya, um, what does he say? Look like a um, uh, you know, look like a joke or something like that. And you know, this guy's just going around collecting islands, and all he can do is give you know fifty thousand dollars. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> you you own at least two islands. <laughs> And apparently something that pertains to your life's work, or at least your life's work at present, um, $50,000 for you. Yeah. It's so interesting. <laughs> Although I guess he's probably spreading it around, like 50 for you, 50 yeah. for you. You know, like a grandparent to their grandkids at Christmas, you know. Um, now, he owns this island. Where the hell is everyone going to stay? Is he just going to clean up on... Does he have hotels on the island as well? I obviously you're not going to see that in the film, but in the book, yeah. um, do they touch on where is there is there guest quarters there's, or yeah. anything like that? There, there's guest quarters. There's like a, a full on hotel. Yeah. Um, yeah. See, this is why I should have read the book. But it, you know, from a a business standpoint, hmm. if you ever could get people to actually come to a um, to an island hmm. and and just Everything on this one island is completely uh, owned by Injun. Yeah. Imagine how much, you know, even for just a family that you could you could put together a very comprehensive discount package for someone, and you're still cleaning up. So you know, a lot of people make the reference that oh, you know, this uh, Hammond's a poor businessman. He sounds like the best businessman ever <laughs> because he's 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 literally. He's built the attraction, the only attraction that would literally draw people across the world to partake in, you know, everything that Injun owns um, and and experience a once-in-a-lifetime kind of thing. So, uh, fuck those people that say that Hammond isn't a good businessman. How, how much do you think a beer would cost at Jurassic Park? <laughs> That'd probably be like 28 bucks. Yeah. Like... You know, for like probably be like fifty thousand yeah. dollars. That's yeah. that's how much a beer costs at Jurassic Park. <laughs> then it cuts. Where are we? Yeah, it cuts to that um, that great scene where you you first meet uh, Dennis Nedry. Mm, yeah, 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 yeah. Newman, great, <laughs> uh, great scene. Yeah, Wayne Knight's really good in this film. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, I like one of the one of the strongest. Uh, uh, like uh, of of the side characters. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. 
you know, real, uh, real. Up until this scene, mm. um, every scene that precedes it kind of has this feeling of ambiguity. And I want to revisit that in a minute once we go on to some of the, the, the scenes that are further on. Um, we're, you know, obviously, we're not going to go scene by scene. We're just going to kind of talk about some of the interesting stuff. But um, this is the first scene in the film where you, you meet Wayne Knight's character at, um, encountering Dodgson. There's that whole, like, Dodgson, Dodgson, Dodgson's here, everyone. <laughs> and see, nobody cares, you know. Um, everyone in that scene says exactly what they mean and says exactly what they want. And it it breaks all of that, just um, that cock teasing that's been happening up to this <laughs> point, you know, because uh, you don't see the dinosaurs in the first scene, which is masterful. And you don't see a lot of the times, obviously, we're going to get into that. But um, it just uh, it's it's brilliant how they 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 knew or, you know, in editing, this is this is the point where if we keep doing this, mm-hmm. we're going to lose someone. So we're going to give you we're going to give you what's going to happen and we're going to lay it all out for you. No one else is going to know what's going to happen except for you, the audience. So everyone in the movie is not privy to what's happening except for you mm-hmm. or rather. But you are. Yeah. And it's so refreshing. I thought, I thought Barbasol was whipped cream for a very long time. After <laughs> yeah. I, no, I, no. I, I, like, <laughs> cause he puts it on the pie. Yeah. <laughs> Like, like they'll never suspect it. Like, fat guy with a can of whipped cream. cream. <laughs> of course, yeah, of That's course he's whipped, whipped cream. cream. <laughs> but, uh, but what I mean, one of the other things we've talked about a lot um, leading up to it is is how this movie, uh, and I really think this um, one alone. Like, I don't think any of the others of the series um, is su- such a, a horror movie. It is. It is a. a a family acceptable horror movie. Um, those initial scenes are a great example of that. Where yeah. You've got the, um, the setup, like the audience privy setup mm-hmm. of everything that we're about to see. And then it just lets the suspense build for, for a long time. That's, you know, very much like, um, you know, like your, your, um, you know, um, 80s, 90s. And I mean, even before then, uh, kind of horror movie setup of just Absolutely. like, here's, Here's the villain, you know, the raptor. Here's, you know, somebody scheming, somebody, mm-hmm. you know, running the side uh side deals here. Mm-hmm. Um and and then um you know, you know, bring your your characters together and then uh you know, then then just kind of uh starts with the the building of suspense. You you know from the get-go in this movie that that everything is going to go wrong at some point. Like yeah, it's just a yeah. A matter of when and and that's um it's it's not something they ever really got back in the rest of the series um it could have been you know may, maybe you can't you can't get that same suspense again for sure i understand that oh but, absolutely once you have the reveals <laughs> there's only so much that you can do yeah you know yeah it's like when we were uh and i i'm sure at some point we're going to get into it more on air but uh when we were talking about alien versus aliens yeah and saying well you know you look at the first film and and really scott's interpretation on you know how how he shows the alien is very minimalist and and uh suspenseful mm-hmm. versus 
Cameron's approach, which is very action packed and, um, uh, you know, obviously there's more aliens. It's in the name and and so forth. And and you've are the the counter argument to that is always that you've already kind of you've opened the the Pandora's box. You've let the cat out of the bag. You can't start again. You know, and you can't keep rehashing that same thing. But again, we'll get into that more when we get to the Lost World. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so you've got here. Here's your perfect setup. Now we we head to the island. Yeah, and, uh, and there's that great exchange on the helicopter, um, <laughs> the uh, where where Malcolm and Hammond are going at it, and then you get the uh, he turns to the lawyer and says, "I bring scientists, you bring a rock star." <laughs> you know, it's so good, and you have that uh, that just legendary laugh uh-huh. of Malcolm. Uh-huh. Ah, uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. I, I, I'm not even going to try and replicate it. I saw I was I was looking for Gold it. Love noises. Yeah, I was I looking for it on YouTube and there's a guy who's remixed it <laughs> and put it to like a, you know, a deep south hip hop groove. <laughs> it's it's so good. Um but yeah, there it, it, that's Hey, you, uh, you, and you know the um, the little uh, uh, foreshadowing in that scene. The life will find a way. Life will find a way yeah. that they, yeah, they then turn around. They have this beautiful line, and then they turn around and beat it to death for the next. Well, two well, movies. no, but in the helicopter, when he's got he's got two female ends. Yeah, he's yeah, got yeah, none, yeah. He's, he's stuck. And yeah, then just ties them together. Ties them together. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so good. Um, right down to the seatbelts, all all imagery, all yeah. symbolism, the whole way. <laughs> it's so good. Um, there, there's uh, and and in that moment when they land and and they get in the jeeps, you you get that. Um, is no, that's not where you get the gates. Is it? The gates come f- uh, when the tour starts. Yeah, but you get the brontosauruses, right? Yeah, um, and uh, what. I realized as an adult that I didn't realize as a kid, I just thought that Hammond was being ambiguous for the sake of the plot. Mm. And it's the first time that I realized that both in the first film and again in the second film, he's being ambiguous um, for the sake of the character. And it's really cool because it's not its not a suspense-building moment. It's not a, you know, what are you going to find? Because we already know there's dinosaurs there. We've already seen a guy get killed. Um so he's doing it uh to kind of rain grant and 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 uh you know in so that he can't so that he's all the more surprised he doesn't know what he's finding everyone's ambiguity up to that point is so integral to the story because um you get that initial childlike awe mm-hmm. out of Dr Grant which you wouldn't have um you know by if you had just been like yeah come and check out my island and there's dinosaurs there and you want to see dinosaurs yeah sweet um yeah. you know of course i do um the other thing i i i really want to sidetrack for a second and i know that i i'm i'm going way off here but um did you when i was a kid I had a huge crush on Laura Dern because of this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Super oh, huge crush, I and I also universal of our yeah, generation. Yeah, and uh, the, it's it's like the energy of the character. I have to this day. It's like you see a woman in, in khaki shorts and 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 boots, and you're just I don't understand why that is an attractive combination. It's like you're going hiking, 
and you're just completely utilitarian, but you look so beautiful because I saw Jurassic Park as a kid. Um, yeah, she's and she's spectacular in this movie. Um, moving on, where do you want to go from this, Devin? I I kind of want to talk about the brontosaurus reveal. Yeah, and the awe that that and the spectacle of that. I, mean, I don't know what Dr. Alan Grant is hyperventilating about. It's just a couple of bad CG brontosaurus. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> Well, if I want to see that, I can go to my local technical college three D art class. Yeah, not that. Uh, but it, yeah, at uh, the time, it was pretty groundbreaking, <laughs> it was pretty impressive. And yeah. also, I would be interested to watch back over the VHS version of that, which is just over there. I should have brought it out. Maybe we'll pull over, the, pull out the Lost World cover because it's got a really cool three D um, <laughs> thing on the front. You know. Um, the thing about this is I feel like when it was remastered and cleaned up and they re-released it for like a 3D video format and everything, it, I think it might have lost some of its grime. And I think like we talk about a lot with, with mm-hmm. music, um, sometimes when you, you polish stuff and, and clean it up and, and make it pristine. It's not, it loses its, yeah. Yeah, something special is lost. Yeah. Um, and. I wonder about that, but just the same. Even with that in mind, going whether it's 1993 or today, that film holds up and holds up a lot better than the other films. Yeah. Um, and just the the mixture uh, uh, of work between you know Stan Winston's team with all the, the practical uh, yeah. effects and um, uh, obviously like ILM uh, doing their thing just beautifully. Um, I. I as much as the brontosaurus reveal, perhaps, and, and there's another dinosaur in that scene. I can't think of what it is. Are there iguanodons? No, there's no iguanodons. What am I saying? Yeah, but anyway, I keep thinking it's the gallimimus, but they come later when <clears throat> they're back in the field, right? Let's skip ahead to the tour. Can we skip ahead to the tour? Uh, well, or do you want to which, talk about something else? I mean, I mean the whole tour? Well, Or yeah. just get let's get in the, the when they sit on explorers? That... Are they Ford Explorers? They're Ford Explorers. Yeah, they look like Ford Explorers. I was curious. But yeah, track. let's let's start at the let's start from the beginning. Like a Hammond is planning on giving every single one of these presentations. He has cut a cartoon yeah, 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 that, yeah. that specifically requires him, him to, to be, be there. there. Yeah. Like I hope he's got two copies of that. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I Well and is selling a... <laughs> himself into servitude for the rest of his life opening this park. <laughs> Again, to go back to the director's cut. There's uh they show the second version of that video where um the uh the video screen version of Hammond um is reacting to the actual Hammond having a heart attack in front of the audience. <laughs> He's dying. <laughs> call He's, for somebody help. Call somebody for help. <laughs> it's a really really Plays morose. That every every sixth time just good. just in case. <laughs> yeah, just in case. Just but yeah, if I, things I, go awry. I mean they do I, I don't know I don't know if I agree with you on the um, the explanation that that lab is not the real lab. Um, I think it. I you think, think it's, it's a show it, lab. It even it even um, like it seems uh, that way. You know um, that that these these guys um, are doing all of this. You know so much. Um, yeah, science in this this tiny little like you know glass lab. That's that's. It's tiny, and people are watching them all day. Like you don't, yeah. You know, I, I, I mean, I just, I refuse to believe that. You know, um, 
that they'd have tour groups coming through, you know, looking at all their dinosaur secrets, you know, yeah. like three times a day. Yeah. Um, Especially I, clearly when there's other people out to acquire yeah. said secrets. Yeah. 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 Dodgson. He's got his ticket for day one. Yeah, exactly. Launch day. <laughs> Jurassic Park 2. Now, doesn't... Uh, does Dodgson die in the book? I thought I... I remember someone telling me that. Again... It's... 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 Um, you'd think. With yeah. The, uh, because he is kind of... He's such a, a minimal character in the in the movie, which is fine because, again, we're... It's got... In, in all seriousness, this this movie has wonderful pacing. Wonderful editing, with the exception of that scene that we already um, mentioned. Um, what do you think of... Uh, of Martin Ferraro's character, um, uh, the lawyer, Gennaro. Um, I I think he's he's probably like the most believable of the cast. Yeah, he's like the only actual dude. Mm. I don't know. I I like that they've got just like a. I think you need like just a regular guy mm-hmm. um, uh, along there, and I I guess he isn't really um, you know maybe not necessarily like a regular guy because um, he's not very enthused about seeing dinosaurs which is pretty pretty weird no matter who you are yeah um but i i mean i think um with all of these uh you know very larger than life characters you know like a paleontologist who rescues children like a you know a mathematician that's like the most like (laughs) suave cool guy um you know an, an eccentric billionaire that that paid for you know paid to make dinosaurs like it's like you need a guy that's just like i'm just doing my job man like i'm just on the clock like i'm on retainer (laughs) you just yeah it's true and 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 i love when he he gets kind of uh pseudo tough with hammond at the beginning yeah you know you know if my uh if my clients aren't happy then uh, you know or the people i represent aren't happy then i'm not happy okay yeah that's that's fine. You, <laughs> as he refers to him later, you blood sucking lawyer, which that's a great scene too, right? Where he they're all sitting yeah, around the yeah, table, yeah, and yeah. you have that that great um, speech with Ian Malcolm, which I'm not going to replicate because it involves me banging on the table. But it, you know, <laughs> you it, package it and you sell it and you <laughs> yeah. slap it on a lunchbox. And he actually uses the phrase "violent penetration." Really? Yeah, like, uh. and I wrote that down. And uh, <laughs> of course you, of course I did. Down. Violent penetration and rape of the natural world. It's like, welcome to the film, kids. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and then it, it goes around the table. Ellie says the same thing. You've got all these plants and and whatnot here that um, are completely you, you you know nothing about them. You just have them here because they look pretty and they're actually poisonous and et cetera, et cetera. And then it, the whole scene you're you're looking at. <clears throat> Uh, that side of the table, and of course, it's the first kind of long shot that you get of uh, Doctor Grant when when Ham asks him, "Well, what do you think?" And he he sides with everyone else. He agrees with everyone else that this is, um, you know, reckless at best. Yeah, and it's so interesting. And then again, that's where he comes in and says the line about uh, the only one on my side is the blood sucking lawyer, mm. which is so good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's almost like it's like you know the the oblivious guy, um, the the lawyer. I mean, you need, I guess, what I meant to say earlier. I guess was not the regular guy, but just the oblivious guy. Yeah, like just, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's you know um, he 
is the only one that really sees it as a theme park, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, which, you know, is what it is. Yeah. So it's... Um, now, the tour, um, when they get in the Ford Explorers, as you yep. already pointed out, this episode brought to you by Ford. <laughs> um, <clears throat> the best car of... No. <laughs> I love that car. I thought yeah, the I Tiger too. Stripes? Yeah, that, yeah. that looks awesome. Or I guess Lizard Tiger Stripes? I don't know. It's, what, on the... on has got some green in there. Yeah, the... Yeah. And then they've got uh, the, the window on the top, which yeah. is cool. Looks great. Very line safari prepared kind of thing you know those um <clears throat> those cars they actually they did have a, a driver in the very back like behind the back seats there yeah it was actually a guy just kind of crouched down there with a uh with a <laughs> steering wheel that's so cool i read uh um i i believe don't you know we'll cut it if it's not but no we're I, totally I, leaving i'm it. quite certain it's the same uh guy who put who made the batmobile the yeah. um uh They've got like a shop that just you know does does movie cars, and I'm I'm quite certain I Same read an cat. article that um that talked about you know all of the um the cars they built. Interesting. That's really cool. Yeah. Um. The that that uh, when they first go through the gates and um and Malcolm has the line. Uh, oh, what do you think they're keeping in there? Um, very harkens very much back to to King Kong, and I wanted to bring that up because, you know, is this the King Kong of our generation? You know, so to speak, number two kind of again the monsters brought over per se, or Kongs brought over, but in this case, it's the T Rex is brought over um, and breaks loose and so forth. There's all there's several elements in the film that kind of call back to king yeah. kong and i wonder um it, how intentionally that was done or not even how intentionally it was done i know it was done intentionally yeah, it was... but um how much you know the the joy of of seeing king kong kind of propelled a lot of these people involved in this film into just what very much appears to be a, a, a passion project on many levels you know to just make this magnificent spectacle yeah they get out uh get out on the tour yeah 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 uh, they get out on the tour when um obviously this is when you see the storm coming in for the first time and uh, and nedry kind of hatching his plan and preparing everything as well as he gets one final rant in on why he's a disgruntled employee which is that he of course has money problems and you have that wonderful line from hammond where it's he kind of acts as a fatherly figure to him and he basically kind of puts um dennis nedry in his place which is it, it it's such a nice moment, even though you know that's just just the last. That's that's the one that did it. And he's like, yeah. I'm doing it now. That's it. <laughs> um, yeah, and you get Sam Jackson uh, with with the cigarette in his mouth, almost like um, it's very very uh, like. You know, one of the last movies where that's going to be socially acceptable. Yeah. Just a guy at a real serious job, like in an office. Working on a computer, just smoking <laughs> like two packs a day, just yeah, going at it. And uh, you know that, and I guess uh, Terminator, Terminator did that too mm-hmm. with the police chief. Yeah, um, yeah, that good, good. I like that. I like it. You know, it, <laughs> it, for some reason, it makes me think that Sam Jackson works harder. 
Like, <laughs> I can't even take time to, to smoke away from my desk or even ash this cigarette. I've got to just let the ash fall into my lap while I'm typing. I think you got a problem with fat people. Nedry worked. He worked hard. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's true. It's a lot of workplace uh, I, I apologize. discrimination they face. So. Yeah, so... Nedry's all around the world, worldwide. <laughs> worldwide. Hard workers. <laughs> Get together. Represent. Um, so, yeah, so they, you know, they go out on the, um, on the tour. They get out somehow. Yeah, they get out. Like, and, like, oh, I, I should, I told you they should have put locks on the doors. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You think? Yeah. You think that's, that's important? Like, we have, like, one roller coaster failure every, like, 20 years. But Jurassic Park opening day, like, you didn't lock the doors? There's there's electric fences like everywhere. Yeah, everywhere. This park is a, just a giant electric. fence. And you think fence. that there's no kid that's just going to jump yeah. out of the car? Yeah. But it's interesting too because Why are there windows? Uh, just <laughs> yeah. As much as we're saying this now, out of the moment, yeah. We didn't even think about that yeah. when the film was going on. We were just like, "Yep, nope, that's good. Move along." There's a crack the story's in, so great. There's a crack in the fence too. They get yeah. right through. Yeah. Just hang out with a triceratops. Yes, and that is, thank God, sedate and and yes. <laughs> otherwise, this would have been a very short movie. <laughs> now, now you were. What talk- happened? They got killed by a triceratops. Oh, okay. Park's yeah. not open. And, no, never and roll credits. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this Red. was a bad day. Um, not as bad as it could have been, really. <laughs> so, <laughs> if you think about it, yeah. <laughs> Shut down, retool, just a Triceratops incident. This yeah. is not a big deal. No, it's and our, you've already had one raptor incident yeah. that they just kind of yeah. <laughs> wiped under the rug, so no big deal. Um, that Triceratops, much like Dr. Grant says, is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I have to Practical. really take my hat off to Stan Winston and the his crew. Eye. Because it's the breathing when they when he like so lies good. on the side of it and it's just breathing. Uh, yeah, and he's going up and down. I actually did that. That's why that I got to I got to give some props to Stan Winston. That gigantic pile of crap that they put their hands into <laughs> <laughs> that was some excellent, great A poop work. Yeah, it's just <laughs> top of the, the line. The shit. kind of <laughs> did he win the Oscar that year for best poop? <laughs> Yeah, oh, best best big dump. <laughs> I'm I'm pretty certain that he won in the the best poop category. Um, I know that they did win three Oscars for uh, Jurassic Park. I don't know if I wrote them down. And that's, un- that's they're all un- practical effects, sound related. Um, also, because um, mm-hmm. Spielberg um, started a a, a new uh, company to handle the sound development for this he uh and it was like uh or rather the specific um processing rather not mm-hmm. not actually doing the sound work but um yeah processing the sound um which is dts i think dts right he likes the three letter ones ilm dts amblin i think he fucked up he just got lazy <laughs> <clears throat> no um what were we talking about? We were talking about poop. Oscars. Yeah. Oscars and poops. Oscars and poop. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's, I mean, it's pretty, it's always pretty impressive to see a movie of this sort of a genre. You know, it's kind of horror. It's kind of action. It's kind of like, it's a little bit campy. It's not extremely, I wouldn't say, but, but especially for the era in film, there wasn't a whole lot of, well, 
Okay. There wasn't a whole lot of mainstream camp yeah. um, at, at the time. And so to see a movie like that get any Oscars is always mm. pretty impressive. Like, you need to really bring Yeah, it's not as commonplace um, in, or it wasn't, rather, in 93 as it is today. Yeah. Um, and that's a very good point. So they're, so they're on the tour. Um, they, uh... They stop, uh, you know, uh, Ellie, Ellie disappears at that point. She yeah, yeah, she goes the, back um, with the doctor whose the, name I can't recall. Um, he's got a hell of a mustache on that guy. Uh, uh, Harding. Harding, right? Harding, Dr. Yeah, Harding? Because yeah, yeah. he's got a bigger role in the book again, yeah. yes? Yeah, absolutely. And does he die or does he make it? We're just going to do that with every minor it's character. A very good question, but I, I have no idea. I can't recall. <laughs> I'm just going to keep asking you. But, um... They get up to the Tyrannosaurus paddock and they decide to take a seven-hour break. So, <laughs> just hold it there, you know, just chill out there in front of the most dangerous one for a while while this while this hurricane blows over. Just, yeah. just stay by the most dangerous dinosaur. Well, admittedly, they didn't know that uh, yeah, Nedry was going to going to screw the power on them. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. I mean, I think this is a, a good point to stop going shot for shot and just kind of go. Yeah, I, you know. I want to go one more shot for shot. In all seriousness, because we got we have to talk about this. The, yeah, the the, 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 the Tyrannosaurus reveal in in the movie. I think. Yeah, really. the the definitely the most uh, impacting. First, you get that the water, mm. the ripples in the water, and then you you get the obviously the um you get the 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 sheep limb next mm. is that, or the lamb limb next yeah and then uh and then you it reveals the head and mm. again just masterful work um a lot of people have have griped on that scene about the fact that you know where is the t-rex standing because later yeah, on they uh, drop right down like a, a 60 foot uh yeah drop but it again when you're watching it yeah it just... doesn't matter <laughs> so stop asking because it doesn't <laughs> doesn't fucking matter um he's in the tree he climbed yeah, up. What? He's really good at climbing. He's got those nimble arms. And we keep saying he, she, <laughs> she she's in the tree. She, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And she's she's a badass chick. But um and uh, that stupid Lex with her stupid flashlight. And he, I can remember and even rewatching every time I rewatch it, I'm mad at that damn girl. Just turn off your fucking flashlight. And I, was this the film that kind of made it common knowledge that, that uh, you know, it, it, in terms of, I don't think it was as well known that the T-Rex had kind of motion-based vision. I don't remember learning that in school, you know, when, in our dinosaur unit that you have as a child. Well, I don't think, I don't think it's true. I mean, no. I think it's true of a lot of large... Um, like predatory uh, animals? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I, I mean... It, you know, true of a bull, um, mm. I guess it's the motion, not the, you know, the red that makes yeah. it go crazy. Um, I think rhinos uh, are very much the same way. So mm. I think it's just an assumption. Now, is that, that the rhino in the most recent uh, Amazing Spider-Man film with Paul Giamatti? No. He is motion-based vision. <laughs> but, um, but the... Uh, oh, you mean the rhino in Ace Ventura 2? Just rhinos in oh. general. Rhinos, okay. the animal, the animal, rhinos. All right, I'm rhinos. So, I'm sorry, <laughs> the rhinoceros. Oh, yes, yes. But um, 
But yeah, I think it's an assumption. I think it's just like a, um, uh, you know, maybe, you know, like, I mean, there's people who think dinosaurs have feathers. Who knows? Do you subscribe to that or do you not subscribe to that? Uh, I, I don't, I don't think there's any reason, um, to, I think, I, I think, um, it's quite possible that all, that some of them did. Yeah. I, I think to say that all of them did when there's not really much proof to that. Yeah, well, I don't know the if anybody even that, says that, um, though. I don't know if anybody says that. Well, yeah, they that. do. The, the character that, that Alan Grant is, is based on, uh, Jack Horner, uh, subscribes to that theory, that they All are, feathers. that they were, they've, they've um, evolved into birds. Well, they, and yeah. And so forth. No, you know, it's so. very, very likely that they did evolve. I mean, you ever see a chicken foot? That's a dinosaur. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. <laughs> that's, that's a valid but, point, uh, sir. But, but yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I... I think it's entirely possible, but I what I what I think about <laughs> about uh, dinosaur uh, biology doesn't really. I, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so the T Rex smashes through that the glass the glass, and that uh, wasn't supposed to happen. Yeah. That was that was a freak thing, <laughs> and 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 from my understanding, the kids actually legitimately freaked out. As a result of that head going through the glass and, you know, um, and imagine how terrifying as a child actor that that would be, just, you know, call the union, you know, (laughs) so upset. Um, But it's just everything through that scene is so perfect that and, uh, you know, I never I never understood as a child the whole like Dr. Grant's got the situation of control or under control rather. Um, and and then Ian Malcolm gets well, out yeah, with the I was, flares. I was just going to say, you're talking about Lex with her stupid flashlight. Ian Malcolm with his goddamn flare. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know how you can redeem yourself in the whole movie after that. He was well, like the coolest character up to that point, And now... Well, yeah, it, it, it doesn't make sense because he, Dr. Grant tells him two seconds before that their visual acuity is based on motion. So two seconds later, Grant gets out, does the flare thing, throws it. The T-Rex is following it. Just chill. What are you doing? But on the flip side of that, I don't think it it completely destroys him as as noble. I think it destroys him as intelligent because um, his nobility goes through the roof because the thing that he says is get the kids, you know, and implying to save the three of them. So his nobility goes up. Is intelligence drops significantly for me, um, but I, I, I the the character's already done so much groundwork between that great water scene and the laughs that you know, <laughs> just everything that that you know he he could have at that point just he could have just gone full Monty and and done, you know in the movie and and they show it and I'd still love Goldblum's performance and I would have uh, you know said it was daring. That was the case. Be he... another Oscar coming. Make <laughs> yeah. it four. Yeah, make it four. <laughs> Best dong. <laughs> Best dong hang. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I would say it's probably the best scene in the movie. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it's... Yeah, and, and maybe, um, uh, you know, another one that's, that's very um, uh horror movie-esque but just just much earlier than you normally get like it's just payoff like right you know yeah yeah yeah. not even halfway in it's like here's well probably about halfway in yeah you know here's your um uh your monster 
He's your bad guy. Go yeah, it. and that's amazing that that Spielberg really controls he, the the show to that extent. You don't even realize that you're barely seeing any dinosaurs mm-hmm. up until that point. So, you know, as you suggested, I, I agree we should go off this whole shot-for-shot shot thing because yeah. we'll be here for, for the next day and a half if yeah. that's the case. Um, but let's keep on the scenes thing for a second. Mm. What other scenes do you love? I want to talk quickly about the Muldoon, Muldoon death. I, I mean, yeah, I think that would be that would probably be the second um, best. That's like, um, you know, nightmares for years. God. Yeah. Just like he's, you know, when he's... And, and I... I really love that moment of realization where he just he knows he's been played yeah and he's just like just and the, gives it respect yeah, the last no. words out of his mouth are not fuck my life yeah. like fucking raptors yeah. it's it's uh, a clever girl yeah clever girl yes yeah, really smart absolutely <laughs> and it's so interesting because they um again in grant's speech at the beginning they foreshadow that because mm. he explains their hunting yeah technique yeah to the fat kid that uh, that uh, he slashes up in the director's cut, <laughs> yeah. But um, but yeah, it's it's I, I mean that whole um, you know they get to the the raptor pen, they see that the um the the yeah. fence is all all screwed up, and they mm-hmm. know that they have to go through this woods. Yeah. Um, just what a, a horrifying um, prospect. Exactly. You know? Just. Just absolutely, um, absolutely terrifying, and um, and it continues like that. Mm. Suspense doesn't drop either. It's no. like he gets killed, and then it just keeps keeps like, going. I mean, with Ellie tension. running from from the raptors and so forth, and and the even it doesn't even though it slows the pace for a second, you get uh, the Sam Jackson limb. Mm-hmm. Um, oh God! Yeah, which is so so good. You know, just you know, because um, oh, Mr. Arnold, yes, Mr. Arnold, me. Mr. Arnold, yes. Sorry, sorry, I blanked out on the name there. Yeah, oh, you scared the oh, it's an R. And all of a sudden, you're back it's in a horror idea. film. Why did they send Sam Jackson? Why didn't they send Muldoon like right off the bat? I mean, I guess they didn't know the Raptors were out, right? No, I um, think it's because it's kind of a horror movie, and and he's not a white mm, female. Mm. <laughs> uh oh. No, I, Spielberg. Yeah, I think. Come on. I think you're like, wait a second, wait a second. We 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 have to resolve this horror cliche right now. I would have liked to see Sam Jackson make it the whole way. Mm. Get these motherfucking dinosaurs off my motherfucking island. island? Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. That was that was the running title. Was dinosaurs on an island? Yes. Little known, little known fact. Um, uh, it, Snakes on a Plane is a sequel, of course. Yes, yes. Um, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, that, that, um, definitely I would, I would say is probably the second best. Um, I think, I think, you know, the one thing I, I don't like about the Raptors that I do like about the T-Rex is, is the practical, the use of practical props. They did use practical Raptors a bit. But yeah, but they put two They interspersed cuts. them just too much and it was just silly. Um, the, the one scene where Ellie, um, she like closes the fence door or yeah. whatever right on a Raptor, that is an awful looking Raptor. Mm-hmm. It's just a terrible looking Raptor. Yeah. Um, and... You know that that kind of took away from from the raptors well, for me. The, some of the some of isn't the, there a scene in the kitchen where you can see a human hand? 
Oh, of the suit. I didn't even know that. Yeah, yeah, really? there is. Yeah, just right. <laughs> just some guy's hand on a raptor butt. <laughs> just copping a feel of that raptor. Turns. It's got like the claw, the head, and then just like a hand with like a bottle of water. <laughs> <laughs> Are you terrified yet? <laughs> They got him using. Well, you got to fit the product placement in somewhere. They got him using doors inside too. I don't know. I did. I just didn't like the Raptors. I like T Rex. I like T Rex. He's a yeah. Good, he's a good big dumb. But dinosaur that's the whole point. Guy. T Rex isn't a villain. T Rex yeah. is an antihero. Yeah. And there's a big difference. True enough. Because uh, in that you know the the climax of the film. Yeah. Which I actually wrote down a note. I was just looking at it instead of writing uh, um, Deus Ex Machina. I wrote T Rex Ex Machina. Your ex machina? Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, it's, you know, the moment with the raptor, and it's about to get Tim after you've beaten the shit out of Tim in every way possible. Yeah, that kid does he not gets get his leg breaks. caught, he gets uh, electrocuted. electrocuted. He He's um, he stuck in the log, doesn't he? When yeah. Or no, they all just kind of chill behind a log. Yeah. Gal- uh, is it Gallimimus? Yeah, Gallimimus, yeah. yeah. Um, and... <laughs> And he's limping along, poor kid. And then they make him drop off of the um, the the suspending mm, uh, dinosaur, dinosaur bones, yeah. and he lands on his back, mm. poor kid. And then, of course, now the raptor's going to eat him. And finally, someone steps in here and says, "No, no, no, we got to do something." So, by divine intervention, the T Rex comes in and takes care of the situation. Um, and you and it's you get the T Rex raptor battle down that yeah. that uh you know inspired generations of, of geek boners throughout the land yeah yeah i mean i i think um uh i think it's a pretty good movie <laughs> <laughs> i think it's um uh I think it, it's it's a really rare example of a movie that really doesn't, um, you know, save for maybe like one or two Alan Grant and the kids scenes. Yeah, does not let the tension drop until literally like the last two minutes of the movie. It's like from the crescendo of the T Rex getting out mm. to the um, the 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 you know they're off the island. Yeah, like there, everything in between is just is just terrifying just so stressful to, yeah to watch. well the tension stays up i agree with you but i i think that they're such responsible filmmakers that they let the film breathe when they know it needs to so you have that pace change like we were talking about in the table scene where it's that close-up shot of hammond and then there's one distant shot and he's talking about all the things he's done wrong mm. he goes on to uh um, say, but I'll I'll get it right next time, and then we get that shot of Ellie, and even there you get the the camera shot that the zoom in on her face that again is a connection of as you the audience that realization that dun 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 that this guy is still batshit crazy, he's learned nothing, his children or his grandchildren are in danger, people are dead, uh, you know, his island is is in chaos and one of his islands one of his islands kenya <laughs> kenya's still good but um that's that's another one where i preferred the director's cut where he stood up pulled a wad of hundos out of his pocket and slapped her in the face with them <laughs> i said next time, time yeah. do you want this fifty thousand dollars or not <laughs> 
buy two Kia Sorentos with that money. <laughs> Can you? Uh, probably. I don't know. How much does a Kia Sorento uh, retail? What? I don't know. It's not on my notes for this film, yeah. ironically enough. Strangely, I, I forgot about that scene in the director's cut. Um, yeah, I, I, he, I mean, he dies in the book, and I think it's much more fitting. Yeah. I, I think it's, it's kind of silly that a man so just absolutely, uh, you know, just, just off his rocker, just crazy, just thinks he's going to, thinks, all right, like, not a big deal, not a big deal, just buy another island. Yeah, just, no problem. Start making dinosaurs again. This time, do it right. Yeah, like, I like that we're, we're we keep uh, coming back to the, the fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, and he says in this movie probably about like eight times that he spared no expense. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Except for on locks. Yeah, doesn't doesn't like locks, and he locks, also doesn't have a hackers, dino pooper scooper. Archaeologists, I pretty much I spare a couple expenses. Yeah. You know. <laughs> I do from time to time. Yeah, you know. But, but um we can always hire more archaeologists. And it is I I mean you do it's such an amazing movie mm. um uh in terms of of the the uh, cinematography, the sound work, the um the way that they 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 build suspense and tension yeah. that I think you do overlook a lot of these silly things that oh, we're talking oh, about. Oh, absolutely. Completely. Absolutely. Like, we're, you know, we're, we're able to talk about these things now because looking at the movie, you know, after having watched it for the last, you know, f- like 15 years, yeah. 10, you know, 20 years. God. No, I know. Wow. <laughs> um, it, but you know, there are so many, um, little silly uh plot points like they you know the like the locks like the the uh the futuristic computer system <laughs> yeah it's just a bunch of blocks isn't it a unix it, doesn't I, she refer is, to um, it as a, a unix system? And, it, and it is actually a um a legitimate um there is a some kind of a um, a unix build of the era that does look like that where you just click on big stupid 3d blocks yeah but um is that uh is that what they used in hackers as well probably yeah. probably was, was, they, was, they've yeah. got a gibson yeah they've got it's a gibson no expense. yeah <laughs> we've got a gibson these things are unhackable but um except for by joey but yeah i mean there's there's a lot of those moments that that you know if you were able to um see she should have just went for the garbage file by the way that's <laughs> That's where all the important data is. But, uh, you know, things like, you know, they, they get right out of the car. Um, there's a hurricane coming, but, you know, let's just let's just do the most important weekend of this park's life. Yeah, no problem. Well, I think that Hammond... Sending everybody home that weekend, you know? Yeah, like, I, I don't... Uh, I, I'm going to stop you there. Um, I don't agree with that point, the the hurricane thing. I, I think that that is actually uh, a brilliant look at Hammond's character. Um, cause Hammond is so jazzed on his yeah. dinosaurs. Yeah, exactly. He's out of his mind that, yeah. that he believes that, you know, Dr. Grant is going to write him a, you know, a shining review, mm. despite the fact that he's been caught in this torrential downpour and, you know, um, nearly eaten by mm. many a dinosaur. Yeah. Yeah. And the biggest weapon they have on this island 
is like a shotgun. It's like a regular-ass shotgun. Yeah. You've got a Tyrannosaurus Rex. In the book, at least, they had the good sense to, to keep launcher. the rocket launcher stocked. But For the doctor. But what, like, what, what are you thinking? You yeah. know, like, Muldoon should have a cache of, like, he should have a tank. He should, he should be, he should not be worried whatsoever. Like, power's out? Fences are off? Yeah. Okay, I'll just grab the tank. No problem. Mm. Don't worry, guys. It's cool. Yeah. Like, you were a billionaire. Yeah. Buy a tank. Buy a tank. Come on. Learn your lesson. And still no tank in the second film. <sighs> but... None of this matters because it's terrifying. And, oh, it was... and again, in the movie, you you dive right in. Mm. You're you're on board. Yeah, from start to finish, it's it's just, it's a almost perfect horror film. It's a a very compelling action film, mm. and uh, and there's definitely elements, uh, strong dramatic elements in there that uh, you know. You see a lot of strong character arcs. Obviously, we talked briefly about Dr. Grant, children, and blah, blah, blah. And uh, Hammond, of course, learns nothing. Sam Jackson becomes a human arm. That's pretty, that's a fantastic I, performance. I, I, and what an ensemble cast, really, yeah. um, to say the least, you know? They Sam, spared no expense. Sam Neill, Laura Dern, Jeff Goldblum, Richard Attenborough, um, Bob Peck. I don't even really, what has he ever done besides this, but whatever. I'll He's name. yeah, he's beautiful, like wonderful performance in this. <laughs> Sam Jackson, um, Wayne, Wayne Knight. Knight, like just even Miguel Sandoval in that that small role um, with mm. the 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 other. Um, he's a digger, you know, mm. like just to break someone out that that to say that yeah um, of that caliber is so interesting. They it's pretty amazing. Now this film's technically had three theatrical releases at this point. Mm. In its initial theatrical release, um where are we here? Um I yeah, I wrote it down. 920-ish million dollars first release. Um and in the two subsequent releases, the third of which was uh um a 3D uh enhanced version. Um, they topped the billion dollar mark, and it was only the 17th film ever to make a billion dollars. Just incredible. Um, yeah, I for, mean, for, for the 63 million that they made this film for. Did, did it create the wave of dinosaur interest, or did it ride the wave of dinosaur interest? Because I remember that being a very, like, there was a period of my childhood where, you know, yeah, I was I was subscribed to Dinosaur Magazine. Yes, yeah, like that was same, same. comic books, the whole the, the toys. skeletons um, that came in the Dinosaur Magazine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I, I mean, it's you know, it's if it uh, created the uh, the the dinosaur um, the kind of revival uh, dinosaur period because I guess it was it had you know there was a. Uh, sort of a an era of of children before us that you know that had a real dinosaur craze but but it we went pretty dinosaur crazy absolutely um, more so than anyone else or yeah. more so than any other neighboring generation <clears throat> absolutely the children of the people that were children in the early 90s um i i'd be hard pressed to find one that isn't on some level just um in love with dinosaurs mhm yeah, so I think it's a good time to take a break. Um, yeah, come back and talk about 
the the second and third film and uh and and uh get in get into where this franchise at least momentarily maybe fell off the tracks a bit is it I just want to remind everyone to visit our website, moviesruinmylife.com. And we're just getting started with all of this, so send us your ideas. What do you want to hear on the show? What do you want to see on our site? Get in touch with us. Tell us what you think. Tell us off. Whatever. Moviesruinmylife.com, that's where you're going to find us. So we're back. So. Yeah, this, the, so the first movie took place on Isla Sorna, right? The second movie takes place, or sorry, the first Isla, uh, Nublar, yeah, Nublar, Nublar. The, first New, uh, the second one, uh, The Lost World, is Isle of Sorna, uh, which is the island that they either intended to or, after the fact, decided that they would breed them on this other island and wrote it into the script. Mm. I like this movie. I don't know. Do you, do you like this movie? Yeah. I, I mean, I think it's, it's um, kind of an ideal... Um, sequel formula um, where you just, you know, there's no more suspense. You're not really, you know, um, you're not really hoping for any of that. So you really do just go for the shock and awe. You just go bigger, raise the stakes um, a ton, just many more people, many more dinosaurs, much larger cast. Yeah, you're right. A lot more to lose. And, and, um, I mean, like we were saying earlier, very similar to to um, the way that Alien versus Aliens was done, where yeah. it's like the suspense of the first movie you can't recapture. You can't hope to to recapture that. Mm-hmm. Um, so you you really just um, you just have fun. The end sequence of the film, the last half of the film, is is maybe a little cheesy and maybe a little. Uh, a little bit of a, an homage or a throwback to uh, uh, King Kong and, and, and things of that nature. But it's exactly what we needed uh, in the same way that we talk about aliens and um, raising the stakes. And you get the big guns and the big, you know, set pieces and everything because you can't do that small cast and the, the tension and you you can't do that anymore. The The boat thing is going back to... The Raptors getting on the boat in the first one, right? Is that how that works? Which I think was is that right? Um, the the what Raptors is, getting on the boat uh, with, with the people who are leaving the island. Um, and it's funny because they they intended to uh, originally shoot that end sequence in the Lost World as as Raptors, and I wonder if that hand on the the steering wheel of the boat that's just uh, hanging there, and it's that shock and awe oh, moment um that you get is is a remnant of that i wonder how far along in the production process they got before they decided to go in a in another direction and i know it was spielberg's call to go that way to go with the t-rex to um have again in much in the same way that he said she was the star of the first film to make her again the, the star of the second film um but i wonder if that because it doesn't make any sense you know you have uh, like you said, you have this T-Rex who's apparently gotten into everywhere in the ship, killed everyone, and returned to its pen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to really surprise them. Yeah. 
I'm going to scare the hell out of these guys. Yeah. How yeah. does it how does it kill everyone on the boat and it's still inside of its pen? Yeah. It's it's just goofy. I mean, I I like to think about this movie just without that scene, without that entire sequence. It um it really uh I, I I mean I see it I see that um that sequence in the movie as a as a, a massive uh failure on on what would otherwise have been a, a uh, you know yeah pretty perfect sequel I yeah. I I don't I don't know I I I don't um I don't really care about the the King Kong analog there and stuff like well, that. Well, it's I mean, also I think, a throwback because it's called yeah. The Lost World, right? And yeah. it's uh the the scene I was just talking about where they they changed it. It's actually kind of a throwback to the Sir Arthur Conan Doyle novel, yeah. where the the brontosaurus gets loose or whatever. That's yeah. that's what I think Spielberg intended more with that. It's just yeah. that it also parodies to some extent, and obviously there's also the Godzilla thing, yeah. where you see the, yeah. the Japanese businessmen running down the street, yeah. which is, you know, I understand it. It kind of breaks the uh, suspended disbelief that, um, but at the same time. Um, it's a it's a fun moment. Yeah, I I mean I think you've and it's you've, a moment for the parents too. You've even got a cast um, that's very similar yeah. to um, to the way that Aliens uh, versus mm. versus Alien kind of stepped it up. Yeah, where... and I want to talk about characters more. So with any anything else like the plot, I completely agree with you. But the characters are perfect. They're they're yeah. fantastic. And like and... in in the first movie, you've got a lot of you know you got a lot of um, very serious uh, character actors you yeah. know who are who are trying to portray a realistic um uh you know how how this character would realistically react to the the scenario they're in and then in the second movie you've got just a, a just a ton of of hubris and bravado you know yeah it's just and, and that's um well, it started a lot of careers, though, The Lost World. If you think about yeah. Julianne Moore, um, Vince Vaughn, in a lot of ways, uh, kind of uh, got got their careers, got an injection into their career it, as a result of this film. It was a very early uh, Peter Stormare. We both, yeah. Uh, we I, both I'm a card-carrying member of the Peter Stormare fans. fan club. Stormare is the man. He's the best. And, and yeah, I mean, it's it's just, it's it's a fun <laughs> cast. You know, the first movie... Um, was, who's the big game hunter? I'm trying uh, to Pete, Pete Postlewaite. Yes, the, yeah, um, from uh, uh, Usual, Usual Suspects. Suspects. Yes, and um, and and yeah, I mean, it's just it's the first movie was was a very good cast. Yeah, a, a very you know an ensemble like every single person you know really delivers on a character role. The second movie was just a ton of of fun people, just fun yeah, character yeah. actors, you know. Like Vince Vaughn uh, in that role, uh, you mentioned uh, hmm. he was actually cast from, uh, from May, from, uh, or sorry, from Swingers, yeah, Swingers. from Swingers, um, because they wanted to use. Uh, they contacted Spielberg to uh, to use something that that they needed a license for, and Spielberg said they could use it, and, and subsequently saw Vince Vaughn, and, and you know thought that he would be uh, great for Nick Van Owen. Yeah, and I think I think it was a, a great. Um, you know, a great uh, casting choice. I, I mean, again, for for some fun. You know, I'm not yeah. I'm not saying that any of the you know I'm not saying that Vince Vaughn was a believable Greenpeace activist turned friend of the dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. Um, but but he was you know he he was likable and fun enough to yeah. to keep you on side with um, 
you know, with some of the... Um, and the parody between him and Goldblum, always almost fighting for the, the alpha role, like uh, exchanging machismo, so to speak. It, it created a really fun dynamic. That scene um, where he, uh, Vince Vaughn's character, Nick, brings back the, um, the baby uh, T-Rex. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Julian Moore um, is is wrapping its leg and and whatnot, and 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 Mama comes calling, um, and you know, so they return the baby, and um, because there's a lot of before that, and, and I'm totally I'm skipping all of the shit that comes between what I'm saying, and because it's it's bullshit, like the whole you don't answer your phone thing and so forth. A lot of you know it. it yeah, it just slows the pacing, and is um, we're gonna forget about it because we just want to talk about what's so awesome about this film. Um, the scene once um, once she gets the baby back and she pushes the the Winnebago off the cliff, and you just see Julianne Moore smash down on that glass. Mm-hmm. Um, terrifying and and awesome, just such a good shot, um, and. Uh, <laughs> Even just before that, another kind of uh, macho exchange where, um, you know, Goldblum says, hang on to something. And Vince Vaughn says, hang on to something. I just said that, you know, um, the whole scene is is one of the one of the pieces that I always look back on very fondly in this film. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I think as a as a movie for kids, yeah. um, a, like a lot of people like they. Some of the things that I that I know people um, dislike about the movie, mm. um, kind of the, like the goofy dinosaur catching cars and yeah. stuff like that, like that's the kind of thing that as a kid, how you know how could you not be stoked about just this this giant uh, RV with computer tech and yeah you know, maybe and they were thinking a little too much toys oriented but yeah but uh, but I mean I can forgive that those uh, ML uh, Mercedes ML SUVs. Um, yeah, I just really into those for a while. I thought they were really cool. Mm-hmm. Lost World. I don't know. I had a model. It's pretty. Yeah. Even uh, you know they they stepped it up from the explorers of yore. I feel. Um, <laughs> but but I I mean it's it's how you have to look at this movie. I mean it's a shame. It's a shame people do. Um, I feel I feel like and and probably a lot of the reason for the Metacritic and Rotten Tomatoes and IMDb scores of this thing is that people are comparing it too much to the first movie, which is like comparing aliens to alien. Yeah. You're not gonna find anything, you know, really save for what the bad guy is yeah. uh, in common between these two. Even the character of of Alan Ripley, who in the first movie is really just a survivalist, and in the second movie is is like a vengeful kick-ass alien fighter mm. is going to wrestle a queen alien in a robot suit like yeah. that's you know but you you have to look at it as as just let's have some fun in this in this environment and and they do i mean pete pete Postlewaite is is almost like um muldoon like a robert muldoon that just gets to have all of the fun that he wants to like i think we should kill them all pete Postlewaite's gonna kill them all yeah. <laughs> he's gonna do it <laughs> um i think um yeah, I mean, I mean, I think, like I said, like ra- raising the stakes is something that I think um, is great for a sequel. Just throwing in uh, a ton of of expendable fodder um, because you really, the first movie kind of slowly builds to all of these deaths. 
Absolutely. And you don't get to really see this animal's power. Mm-hmm. I mean, of course, a T Rex is gonna is gonna just beat the shit out of uh, Gennaro. Of course, that's gonna happen. You know? Yeah, of course. Um, but uh, but a T Rex versus like thirty guys. Let's see that. I'd mm-hmm. like to see that, and you do. You know, you get to see that, and thirty hot guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh-huh. while you were talking, you know what scene popped into my head? Mm-hmm. Um, and I was looking for notes on it, and then I'm just like. Fuck it. Uh, I can talk about this because I, I, the raptor scene in the grass. In the tall grass, absolutely. I don't care what anyone says about this film. That That is one of the most amazing um, kind of stalking scenes I've ever about, seen. Talk about Spielberg shots. Oh. That overhead where you yeah, then and he see comes the, little, the little raptors kind of trailing yeah, in yeah, from yeah, the yeah. edges. Like you see the main group of people walking through and yeah. you just see these little trails in the grass coming mm-hmm. towards them that's just that is perfect filmmaking absolutely that, that is um you know it's it's not the type of shot that every um you know some directors would have done it you know from the animal's point of view yeah uh, which they did like that which, they only did uh a single that i can recall i may be mistaken but there's only a single um dino pov shot in the first film and i don't think that there's any in the second film if i recall correctly i think it's is it the dilophosaurus i think it's him that has this yeah he's coming out of in the first movie where he's coming after um dennis nedry uh yeah yeah, and it's just a split second yeah shot once he's following him once uh he's decided to get back in the um the jeep and that that uh yeah, you, it, that would definitely be um, used a lot more heavily. And it's interesting because we were just talking about how this series, in a lot of ways, or at least the first film, is very much a horror film. Um, my favorite to this day uh, style, uh, you know, horror movies are all, um, for example, like the uh, the very first Friday the 13th. I hold it above all the others. And I'm probably in the minority, but I love the... It's one of the very first films. There are... Um, others that came before it but one of the very first super successful uh cultural or culturally changing films that did a killer pov Mm. shot and same with black christmas with uh the original with like margot kidder and olivia hussey um again with the killer pov shot um and that would just be such uh almost a uh, a draining device to use in a film like these mm-hmm. and and Spielberg never uh feels the need to just overwhelm you with this um kind of that perspective on the stalking he he allows you to almost be a fly on the wall and and it works so much better mm-hmm. um in that fucking scene though there is one of my most uh, hated moments about the lost world which is the my lucky pack bullshit with uh julianne moore's character sarah oh, has that stupid yeah. backpack that keeps somehow saving her fucking life and even when goldblum gets to the island initially he's like were you attacked and she's like no it always looks like that it's my lucky pack yeah eh, fuck you like i just <laughs> no <laughs> really ate that pack huh? well that yeah much? because well in, in okay 
I hate what that pack represents because that pack is like the deus ex machina of this film. You know, the, it somehow has some kind of uh, like, we, were, you know, I was talking about how I actually love the T-Rex the yeah. pop in. There's very few examples uh, of that uh, device <clears throat> that I like in any film because it's 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 bad writing, generally speaking. More annoying than the deus ex machina of a gymnastically trained daughter. Yeah, and and raptors. Yeah, I, I mean, you're harping on that's the pack. No, I that's just can't stop but that's, thinking about the uneven bars. But that's right? that's not deus ex machina. That like again, and maybe the lucky pack isn't technically either, except for that the lucky pack is what saves the day. Like if it, maybe I'm you. Yeah, maybe even the pack isn't technically kind of that. Doesn't it just get torn up? Doesn't it's it not divine up? divine intervention of any it just sort. Gets it's ate just up, doesn't it? Like a yeah, tries yeah. To bite her and it just bites the pack. It just pulls the pack off. Whatever. I don't know. Yeah, I but it, it's uh, it, it's kind of it, it's yeah. You're right. It's not Deus Ex Machina as much as it's like the um, uh, gymnastic shit where there's that one moment where he sets it up and says. You know, oh, how's your gymnastics going? Dad, it was kick off the team. Like, just so that they could cut to, you know, um, that stupid scene down the road. And and the other thing that pisses me off is it's like you've made room for this character and and pushed him and Lex to being like, a, oh, hey, Jeff Goldblum. Okay, we're off to not be in the film now. Just one scene yeah. where they hug and, hey, how are you? Yeah. Sorry about our grandfather's company uh treating you like shit uh and (laughs) and then and then they're never seen again and as much as i i gripe on on lex with the flashlight to a certain extent in the first one and some of her choices but i understand that that's what they're for you know you're you're supposed to be like oh my god stop doing that you stupid kid um this this kid is uh, pretty annoying and i think that even though the actor plays it the way it's written um it's just not as well of a, a well written child role, which yeah. seems to since the first film they almost nail it. They get very very close to just giving you two child uh, characters uh, who are exactly what the story needs, mm. and and I don't think that they do that again in any of the other movies. It's something yeah. that that's lost. Maybe the kid uh, in the third one is okay, but yeah. it's just because the rest of the cast is bullshit. Yeah, or this the characters, not the cast. Um. I, I think another uh, really great element of this movie is the um, the the forces of bad and the forces of good kind of having to combine, um, you know, to to just to just get out of here. You know, um, when the um, the RV gets knocked off the cliff and Pete Postlewaite comes and and he's the one that helps them up. Yeah, the yeah. Rope, you know, and he's just like, well, you know. Yeah, guys, it gives that guys, whole feeling of banding together for the greater good. That human element yeah, comes like into you the film. Fucked there. our camp up, but there's dinosaurs. There's to fucking deal with, dinosaurs. So yeah, fucking come on. Yeah, let's this do is... this. Um, the uh, the arc, uh, yeah, the, the the paleontologist on um, on on his side of things uh, is kind of um, Horner's real life nemesis. Oh yeah, yeah, he's yeah, a real wild man. Yeah, he's based on. On um, I can't think of his first name. His last name is Backer. Tim uh, refers to him in yeah, the first yeah, movie yeah. when he's talking about books. And I read a book by a guy named Backer. Uh, and then uh, 
but then this character Burke is based on him, so presumably like uh, he's he's not him, but he is him, yeah. kind of thing. And it's so interesting um, that they're drawing both the Alan Grant character and and Burke from um, real life dinosaur people, yeah, dino people. Um, I I don't want to go on about this film too much longer. Yeah, I, I think we've covered everything that's good about it. There's a lot of camp. There's a lot of cheese, but it's... but it it comes with the territory. And I think if you go into this movie looking for anything that you got out of Jurassic Park one, of course you're not really gonna enjoy it. And and that's that's you know that's very contrary to the book as well. The book was excellent. It was it was um very much a continuation of the first and it's it's very worth reading uh, mm. if you haven't um but but it's it's just a fun kind of a, an adventure in the world just turn it off um when it, when it's about 15 minutes from the end <laughs> and you're good you're, see i disagree i love that ending as i already said um so keep it on um a few other things i just got really excited as i was reading them because i can't believe i didn't bring them up storm Mayor's death Oh yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's Hammond's death. It's Hammond's. It's death. Hammond's death, exactly. Yeah. But the other thing I was I was looking at while you're talking was uh, the USS Venture because I keep referencing King Kong, right, and saying this is kind of, or at least I I feel so. There's an element of this that this is this generation's yeah. King Kong. That's the boat that that King Kong came over in. The same boat that uh, that uh, the T Rex comes over mm-hmm. in, and this is the USS Venture, um, which I I think is really cool. Um, also, it's uh, death count way higher in this film than any other film that's the other thing that i love about this movie and i wrote it down i just wrote uh bloodiest yeah <laughs> that's yeah. my note and i i think that's that's definitely something that um you know that uh um that, that i think i think frankly you needed like you needed to really see the destructive power of these things because in the context of you know eight people in a theme park yeah um doesn't it doesn't really resound when it but when it's like you know a, a full team of people who are so prepared for anything yeah they're still dinosaurs you still have no idea you're still completely out of your element you know it really it it makes you um you know it makes you fear them that much more you yeah. know the first movie you fear them because you don't understand what they're you know what they're capable of. Yeah. Um, the second movie, you you're scared of them because now you know so intimately well what they're, they're yeah. capable of. Um, and, and that's also interesting too because they they do handle it very respectfully. Mm-hmm. You know, not that they would necessarily need to be, but they they do kind of um, very much. Humanity should blame itself mm-hmm. for unleashing yeah. this on itself, yeah. um, and that that's kind of a continuing theme. Now, this film, I I encourage everyone very strongly to go back and and rewatch it because you're going to enjoy it. I, I promise you that it's it's Ian Malcolm is always a fun character to pop in on. Um, Vince Vaughn's character is fantastic. Um, you get to see, oh, you know, poor Eddie Carr. 
like, <laughs> the car expert you brought along, whose last name is Car. Like, this guy's gotta, this yeah, guy's gonna make it. Him. Sure, he'll make it. The the bald fuck that's that's totally unintroduced as a character. Yeah, he'll make it. Yeah, yeah, that, sure. Why that's not? Richard yeah. Schiff, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. No, and he's, dies uh, the most horrible. He gets torn in half by two T Rexes. Yeah, yeah. And then they they toss him around. They they like they they joke around about it. And they <laughs> like throw him up in the air. Like, if there was ever somebody who you absolutely knew was going to die, yeah, it was it was the character of Eddie Carr, that movie. Yeah. The tech expert. Yeah. <laughs> Gone. Yeah, anytime. Gone, dog. Yeah, you don't need a tech expert. <laughs> so, mo- moving on. Um, to I, I think in, Jurassic Park 3. In a unanimous, um, I'm going to speak for everybody now. Everybody's least favorite Jurassic Park movie. Yeah, um, and I think it really does still follow the um, the trend, uh, kind of of the Alien series. Uh, yeah. And well, and why? And, and, and I want why? To, because yeah. you already knew how that how that went. But out. I want to quickly apologize to David Fincher for the one blemish on his uh, film work that is Alien Three. <laughs> yeah, because um, you know he had a lot a lot of trouble uh, getting you know directing that film, getting that film to the finish line so to speak so as much as alien 3 i agree with you nothing in comparison to one or two um i I don't i don't like to talk shit about alien 3 because i'm such a massive fincher fan and i can still find elements in that film that i but it's that that are the early stages of greatness but here it is now we've raised the stakes yeah. We've brought the stakes up with number two. Now we're going to drop them exponentially. And yeah. we're going to give you even less people than the first movie really yeah. dealt with. So we're... And furthermore, we're only going to bring back one character from, no, from two. the first... Uh, hmm? uh, yeah, Laura Dern's back. But this is... Laura Dern's back. She's, she's married. She's married to another fucking guy. And it's like, yeah, you don't get married... Yeah, but she she's rescues not, him at the end as well. She's barely in it, though. Yeah, I know, but she's in it, so yeah. you can't say that we bring back one character. And the one that you decide to bring back is Sam fucking Neil. No, I, I disagree. When this movie was announced, when you heard Dr. Alan Grant was coming back, you know, because we would have been uh, in our early, well, a little, yeah, in our early to mid-teenage years when this film came out. Mm-hmm. And... uh you know, I was really excited when it's like, okay, I'm going to get to see Alan Grant on film again. And they gave you this glimmer of hope that your original hero was coming back. And um, and then you get, like, basically the the paleontologist version of Batman and Robin with that fucking Billy character uh, who's played by Pollux Troy <laughs> um, from Face Off, um, who... He's actually really good in Face Up, so I, I'll I'll take that back. But um, and I, I I do like Alessandro Nivola, but um, the you, you actually see the film, and it's the first one that isn't a Spielberg directed film. He produced it, and I know that Joe Johnson uh, has done some amazing stuff. The Rocketeer, I love The Rocketeer, super. Um, under-respected film, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Um, what else has he done? He did Jumanji, which, eh. Um, he did the last uh, Captain America. Or no, not the last one. You're uh, stoked the on first the Rocketeer one. and you're eh about Jumanji? Thank you. 
Thank you for pointing that out. I don't know. I, I really, I, I, yeah. I, I, yeah, I am. What are you talking about? The Rocketeer is completely um, worth revisiting. If you haven't seen it in a while, go back and, and watch it. It's it's a fantastic movie. I, I, I mean, I mean, I mean, it's it. I think it it harkens a lot more of another off screen conversation that we had about this movie, which was sixty three million to a billion, seventy three million to six hundred and eighteen million. Why not make a third movie? You yeah, know? no, it's and that's true. and just get it out, just just shit this yeah. thi- shit this thing well, out into the theaters. They made it. and we'll make our money. Well, like, they spent almost a hundred million dollars making it. They yeah. spent ninety three million dollars making yeah, this but, film, and you know, again, it recouped it. It made you know essentially three times what they spent on it worldwide, um, but or more than three times, uh, but. Uh, they didn't spend in the right way. And, you know, the the thing is that there's a large enough gap between Jurassic Park and Jurassic Park 3 that I think that you could have revisited some of the the elements that we talked about, loving the tension, the suspense, the late reveals, all of these things, with number three because it had been 10 years, you know. Um, And we, we we didn't get what we were hoping for. Um, this is the first one that's not really based on any el- – or it's not based directly on a Michael Crichton novel. There's a few scenes that, that go back, um, yeah. but it, it's it, – and also the first film that um, – uh, obviously they use the John Williams score, but they don't uh, – they don't he's, – he's, he does not – he's not handling uh, original composition for it. It's actually Don Davis who's the guy that did uh, the Matrix films. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like I just feel as though they missed the mark on a lot of of stuff in this movie that they they first of all they started with a flawed prom, uh, premise. They started with a flawed premise in that you have um a kid go uh, missing on an, on this island after he's what parasailing is it with his stepdad? So then the you know the family has to get back together and con everyone into coming. Um, they don't even have the money. No, they're faking it, <laughs> and everyone just goes along with it. Yeah. If someone just writes me Nobody a check, even, even in two thousand yeah. or two thousand three, I would I would <laughs> cash it first. If you're giving me a retainer, I would put it in the bank. I'd wait for it to clear, and then I'm getting on your plane. Yeah, yeah. Or give me a certified check if you're so rich and you want Did me. Do they to... need to drug him? Really. Um, like he's in a plane. What's he going to do? Is he going to land the plane? Well, did they drug him off the jump or did they drug him after he freaked out because they were going to land? Um, I think he was already kind of freaking out. Mm-hmm. Like, Also, the uh, the mercenaries blowing up a dinosaur drawing on a plane at the beginning, that kind of bothered me, uh, you know, because it, it, it felt like you missed the mark with understanding what number one was and you missed the mark understanding what number two was we never yeah. I, I don't like the big game hunter character kind of thing uh in the second one um refresh my memory i know we were just talking about it. what's his name yes um because he wants to hunt a t-rex that doesn't matter to me uh or because he's he's you know this you know alpha male kind of thing um I like the character because of the cracks that you get later in the film in his exterior. Like you said, when he decides, okay, well, we have to help 
um, this other team, even though they sabotaged us. Um, when he dis- he decides he's not going to come back with them, he's you know he's seen enough death, as he puts it. Um, you know, I think they miss the mark when they bring in these mercenaries who just think that they're going to blow up some dinosaurs, and of course they get dispensed of super quickly. Good riddance. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's it's a waste of a movie, I mm-hmm. think. I mean, there's so many things that you could have done for that third movie. I would have liked to see um, Isla Sorna falling apart. Yeah. How interesting would that have been? Like, they get to this island in, in number two, and it's just deserted yeah. and, and shittered, you know? Mm-hmm. All of the labs are just busted up. The whole, well, isn't that what has happened in, in number three? No, this isn't this isn't a prequel to number two. I'm oh, saying no. oh, Isla Sorna when you, it when it was a, a working facility. Yes. And now the events of the first movie have happened and this island is still a secret and it's like all these people have to you know, have to get the hell out now. Yeah, which and is what happened the there. It's the precursor what what's supposed to have happened in between two and three. Because the, there is all those abandoned bases and whatnot. There's the yeah. uh and there's a stupid fucking scene where um Again, they missed the point where uh, William H. Macy's character, he uh, is like, oh, you got, you got change for a dollar or whatever when he wants to buy something out of the, the vending machine. And then Billy kicks the, the fucking machine in. Um, and that bothers me because I feel as though that sh- that can happen there. That's not a, that's not a problem. It's that Billy is in the same or should be in the same state of shock and awe as grant was in the first one mm-hmm. so he should be taking direction on pretty much every action that he does from grant and yeah. then the egg should be the first kind of rogue thing that he does is take that so i think grant should have been the one that like just says kind of billy and nods his head and he's he he gets it and smashes the candy machine i don't like billy taking control in any moment what a bad side plot too stealing the eggs i don't know yeah just, and then just... using the stupid raptor flute <laughs> like the bone to to get away oh and 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 you know anti-hero of the first movie tyrannosaurus rex anti-hero of the, well kind of bad guy of the second movie yeah. t-rex third movie Spinosaurus. You know, yeah, let's just introduce a new dinosaur that's bigger for yeah. some reason. And Spinosaurus and... Uh, was Jack Horner's call. He hates the T-Rex. He says that Spinosaurus um, would would level the T-Rex. And, and so, you know, uh, Spielberg finally, I, I, he probably just caved like, all right, fine, Jack. I'm going to kill the T-Rex in this movie. Um, Shit. Which is... is terrible. Yeah, I don't... I, I mean, there's not much to say about the third movie whatsoever. Honestly, it's it's a blur. Another thing I mean, that I was just, um, sorry. Another the, thing. The, can I just say one <laughs> yeah, more yeah, thing? Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the phone ring in the 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 Spinosaurus's belly or whatever. Yeah, Give isn't me that a it's fucking break? It's Hook. Come on. It's it's or rather it's Peter Pan. Yeah. It's it's Captain Hook um with the clock and the crocodile. Yeah. They you completely stole that, and you think that we're like even as a child again. Um, or not a child, because I wouldn't have been a child when I saw this. I'm sorry. As no. a teenager, um, and obviously after um, they had just they just made Hook in in the mid '90s, um, and so I, you know, we're all up to speed on the Peter Pan lore. Uh, it's it's not something in the 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 shadows of our childhood. It's something that's been fairly prevalent in recent years to just borrow that exact thing and inject it into your script and pretend like we're not going to notice it. That's not 
uh, that, that's and it's not done in an elegant way, the same way as um, you know the 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 USS Venture, for example, and the yeah. second one, and things like that that we've gone, we've said, have harkened back to other things. It's not done the same way. It's not done tastefully. It's it's yeah. it's literally we're just going to take that exact thing and we're going to put it in this film. Yeah, and it's 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 stupid. What I was going to say though is another thing that I was really excited about about this movie, and it failed to deliver on, was flying dinosaurs. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and I know that that was an element throughout the books, right? Yeah, but I've always thought it's kind of a silly point, like, because it's like, well, you know, the minute one of these things gets out, yeah, the, you know, just shit's going to get out of control, right? Like, you're not going to catch a flying dinosaur again. It's gone. It's yeah. flying. Like, it's, it's out of here. And um, so I think it... I think they were wise in the first two movies not to even approach that subject because yes. it's a it's a fairly obvious don't do it. Yeah. You know, you're building a park full of dinosaurs. Okay, not the flying ones though, right? Yeah. Okay, fine. Like I can get behind that. But uh But they opened yeah. the can of worms with the spinosaurus because yeah. they said, you know, what else was engine up to? Yeah. So uh, you know, I, I I think it's just it's a it's a dumb one to bring up because like I said it's just it's it's so obviously a bad idea yeah it's it's so clearly a, an awful idea mm. to to make flying dinosaurs in this in this mythos yeah you know the um also the the family uh, especially the husband and wife or rather the ex husband and ex wife uh, you know. It's like they're on a, an emotional teeter-totter. Whenever uh, William H. Macy is calm, Tia Leone is hysterical mm-hmm. and vice versa. And then they're always the, – the opposite is always the rational, level-headed you know, lines being delivered. And the problem with that is that it, it, on a basic storytelling level, you kind of want to have one person that the – uh, the audience in whatever format can go to and say, okay, he is this or she yeah. is that, and I'm following them for this reason. Yeah. You know, um, and it, again, that's supposed to be Dr. Grant. Yeah. It's not supposed to be these arbitrarily placed characters. And the same thing, you know, they finally get it right with Billy and they finally uh, give him his, his redeemer. Mind you, it's stupid, but with the, you know, the uh, parachute thing and his death just so that they can decide later on, oh, you know what? It's too sad if Billy dies. So let's film a scene with him on the helicopter. Yeah. And you just, you ruin one of the few things that you did perfectly again. And there's just so many of those moments. And again, like, I know that everyone involved in this film has made good films. And I don't know. It's it's just it's no different than if you put uh you know a baseball team together of you know all the greats or a hockey team or what have you. You end up with the same kind of thing that you just. It doesn't necessarily mean stacking the roster doesn't guarantee you a good anything. But let's not let's not give a director too much credit here. I mean, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, The Rocketeer, and Jumanji, frankly, are are pretty idea driven movies they aren't they aren't d- really direction driven movies yeah. I, don't, I don't think particularly the cinematography in any of those three films was that great the effects work was fantastic mm. um the the 
the idea, the characters, and the writing were were great. Yeah, and you bring but, up an interesting point but, in that even the execution in Captain America, which was my last example, is um, it, he's uh, it's it's not as good as the second. Yeah, I mean, it's just it. There's that that the second save the Captain America of the, of the Captain America movie where it's just like all of the action is in a montage. Yeah, yeah, I, I, like. How could they not see that that's a bad idea? And so I don't even know if I give Joe Johnson so much credit for those successes in the past. And Sam Neill is fantastic, but he can't carry. Yes, movie. Sam Neill is really good movie. in this film. He can't. He can't put this movie on his back and and no take it across the finish line. No. You know, he he was um you know one of the only kind of other standout um Sam Neill centric movies um that I can think of is like In the Mouth of Madness. Yeah. Um. He's Great, you know, wicked in that movie, really. Huh? Um, is he in Event Horizon? Yeah, but I wouldn't call him central. No, um, he, he's a part of a, you know, a greater. Um, uh, yeah, that's true. Kind of cast that that kind of kept that movie together as well. Like I think, um, and, as much and um, so much so that I had to say, is he in Event Horizon? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, I've seen that movie at least six times. But you also had. Um, uh, uh, Lawrence Fishburne, right? And, yeah. And the the girl, there's some uh, girl that was pretty odd. Uh, no, she was she was um, she was a good um, good actor or actress. Um, actor, sorry, actor. Well, yeah, it doesn't matter. Same same thing. But but yeah, I mean, he, he's as as a central you know crux character here. Mm. I I don't know if Sam Neill can do it, especially no. not not in this context. I mean, again. Um, you know, like in the Mouth of Madness, I thought was was a great Sam Neill performance. Yes, just yes, because, yeah, you're absolutely right. But it did come more from the writing. I mean, it it was it was um, it was a good story, mm-hmm. um, like you know, freaky um, story that it was that it was very easy for him to to really um, you know really play um, play up the the you know the the gradual insanity of, the, of this of this character and kind of you know. Um, just you know, all he had to do was experience scary things and be scared. Like mm-hmm. that's not so tough. But Jurassic Park three, he really did have to carry the action and carry the the um, you know he had to be the moral compass again, and he had to be um, uh, you know the the kind of um, traumatized um, uh, yeah to some, to some degree character from the first movie. And, and, Almost like a grizzled veteran to a certain extent, and and the writing in the other characters wasn't necessarily there for him uh, there. So it it's like it, it's 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 just not um, not something that that Sam Neill could really carry on his own. And I think a lot of the other people in the movie are fantastic, but not you know again like you said, like William H Macy and Taylor Leone were just written awful. Yeah, you know they the, did they. they... <laughs> They are convincing in their roles so much so that, um, that I actually, when we were speaking about it yesterday, I was referring to them as Mister and Missus Kirby, um, and you know, and I think actually Eric the kid, um, I think he's great. I think that he's 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 Tim, you know, and I think when you inject Eric into the story, you don't need Billy anymore. Yeah. Um and this this is this is what happens. 
this movie is what happens when when you have a multi-billion dollar franchise mm-hmm. and a dump truck full of money. Yep. You know, just let's get William H. Macy. Yeah, cares, exactly. You know? Let's He'll go out and it. get Tay Leone. Let's go out and um, who else is it? Let's but, get Laura Dern back. Let's throw some money at Sam but, Neill. But you just can't, you know, you can't just throw money in a pile and, and have a, a fantastic movie come out of it. You know, it's great. Yeah. Um, you know, a great uh, example of that. Um, there have been, you know, a, a number uh, of, of great examples like that. But I think um, Jurassic Park 3, yeah, it recouped. But you know what? Coming off of a 73,000 or 73 million, 73,000. Spared no expense. <laughs> spared no expense. <laughs> Coming off did of a did Richard Hammond finance this film? <laughs> Going off of a seventy-three million dollar movie that grossed six hundred and eighteen million, mm. to have a to to um to create a ninety-three million dollar movie that grosses three hundred and sixty-eight million, yeah, that's a failure. That's not really a success. And going back a little bit further, a sixty-three million dollar movie that grossed a billion, you could have gone up from there. The Lost World was not that successful of a movie. You could have taken this franchise to the next level and instead you let it die for 10 years. Yeah, which know? is interesting because this movie, its original title was called Jurassic Park Extinction. And that's what it did to the series <laughs> yeah, for a decade. <laughs> so somehow uh, we managed to speak for 851 hours on <laughs> Jurassic Park. Yeah. And yet we spend an hour to two hours talking about some of the biggest franchises in history. Oh, it's ridiculous. So if you want to listen to the last part of that episode, go to our YouTube channel, and there you can find our review. And it is more like a review, right, of the last movie of Jurassic World. Yeah. So thank you for listening to this episode. Uh, remember, this is just the beginning of the conversation. Uh, we want to continue it on with you, so reach out to us. Uh, visit our website, um, talk to us on Twitter, um, the hashtag for this episode, we're using Jurassic MRML, uh, Jurassic Mermel, or you can just hashtag Mermel. Jurassic Gerbil? <laughs> yep. Fair enough. Yep. You can, if you, if you want to hashtag that, we'll find you as well. Um, so yeah, again, I'm at not Brandon Fleet on Twitter. You want to offer your Twitter up, Devin, or no? Uh, at your underscore homeboy. That's Y-R. You know, your mm-hmm. underscore homeboy. Right on. Uh, if you're watching us on YouTube, uh, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, SoundCloud, um, or the podcatcher of your choice. Um, if you're listening to us, um, you can find us on YouTube uh, for both clips and uh reviews and all kinds of fun stuff as well as on our youtube channel you're going to see some of the other cool stuff that devin's got on the go um thanks for hanging out with us and uh we'll see you again soon gymnastics daughter yeah gymnastics daughter takes you down a little bit when she does when she brings gymnastics into fighting raptors it's like 
<laughs> like, did you need to jump the shark this much? <laughs>